Well, good morning, and welcome to Grace Presbyterian. Have you ever heard the voice of God? Not an audible voice, but that quiet, soft, still voice that leads you towards serving God and in so becoming more like Jesus Christ? This morning, we're going to give definition to that voice in the person of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to give identification to those moments, calling them holy nudges, as we continue in our series in Proverbs, studying the messages from Pastor Dave. Thanks for listening. Did you guys see the fire? Mobile gas station? If you haven't heard about this, yesterday afternoon, uh, the Burger King and the, the mobile gas station across from Walmart up in flames. I was shocked. It was on uh, YouTube. In fact, there was um, uh, the, the video that I saw showed one of the firefighters get trapped underneath the falling debris. An entire side of the building fell down and trapped him and the guys pulled him out and I, I stayed and watched the whole video because I needed to see what had happened to this fella and he was fine at the end. You could see he was a little rattled but he was up walking around just fine and, and they've got it all uh, taken care of now but it, you can't get a burger there anymore so you, you have to go across town. Uh, it was an amazing thing, even as I watched the video, that you could see that when there was an emergency, there were emergency response people to be there immediately to show up and to help. Uh, one thing that you find with people who serve in emergency response, whether they're professionals or volunteers, is that they are given a tool that uh, helps them know when they need to spring into action. It's called a radio, and it's a pager, and they, they, they sit right here on their belt. So that as soon as it goes off, as soon as you hear those tones sound, uh, you can get up and you can go and you can act. So that when there's a call, there can be an answer. When there's a need, there can be a response. Where there's a demand for help, there can be a provision of aid. Even uh, our very own Chris Mulder here, we've had her at Bible study and, and right in the middle of it, if that goes off, she's up and out the door and we all uh, say a little prayer for her as she goes out. Whether you're a professional emergency response or a volunteer, uh, you're given this tool, this radio, because without it, you might not know, and so therefore you might respond. If you're not an uh, emergency response individual, maybe you carry a cell phone. Anyone carry a cell phone? Has anyone ever had to reach their spouse on the cell phone and they don't answer? Anyone ever go through that frustration? <laughs> so you call back again, right? I'll get her this time, right? And then, and then you send her a text after that. Am I the only one who does this up here? Yeah. That, that when, when a call goes out, what, what's expected? That there's a response, right? Uh, when the need shows up, you, you want there to be an answer. Well, this is true for the church as well. We all have been given a tool. We all have been given a, a mechanism to respond to God's call. And he has a name. His name is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to live and indwell you. And be like that emergency response radio. Showing you and teaching you when you need to act. And when you need to go. And maybe who you need to encourage. Or correct or rebuke. Or teach or lift up. There's this great story in the book of Acts chapter 16 where Paul and his companions, they were going throughout the world to preach the good news. And in Acts chapter 16, it says that as they're going to, through Phrygia and Galatia, they were kept from preaching by the Holy Spirit. So sometimes the Holy Spirit says, no, I'm not ready for this yet. Not, it's not time. 
And then a little later in the story, it says that they had planned to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit prevented them from going into this other country. Again, the Spirit saying, now is not the right time. But then later, Paul had a vision in his mind, a dream, again, from the Holy Spirit. That mechanism given to Christ's followers to show them where to go. And in this vision, he saw a man from another country, from Macedonia, saying, you can come here. The door is wide open. And so guess what Paul and his companions did? When the call came in by the Holy Spirit, what did they do? They responded, right? They went. They followed. They listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When I was in college, I was... Convicted in my heart that I was going to be a missionary because I felt like that was the greatest need on earth. Uh, Two uh, important concepts really resonated in my heart. The first being that there was an urgency for the gospel, right? Are, Are there people dying today without knowing the Lord, right? Is that happening? Yeah, that's happening now. So that idea coupled with the idea that I only get one shot at today. You, you realize that? You only get today. We're not promised tomorrow. In fact, we only get right now. So I want to make the most of every opportunity. And because of that, I figured, all right, well, where's the greatest need? And I said, I'd be a missionary. And I tried to go to a few different countries. Uh, I went on a short-term trip to the Caribbean. And then after that, I thought, well, maybe uh, Mexico. But the the team that was going to Mexico uh, didn't end up going. And then the next year, I thought China would be uh, an exciting place to go because of the persecuted church. And maybe there was a great need over there. So I signed up uh, to go over on a trip there. But uh, some, uh, some problems with the government happened and that plan didn't fall through. Right? I was prevented from going to those countries. But then the phone rang and the missionary down in the Caribbean said, Hey, we need you to come back here if, if you're available. And so what did I do? I responded. When the call came in, I responded. Just like Paul and his companions, when they were stopped from going to a certain place, they didn't try to force their way. And just when they found an open door and an invitation to go somewhere else, even if they hadn't planned it, even if that wasn't on the itinerary for this week, you know what? I'm going to go there anyways. And maybe you're not a missionary, but I know this is true. That all of you in here who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit have those moments where that individual just gets placed on your heart. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where just, just out of the blue, somebody gets placed on your heart and you think, you know what? I should give them a call. Have you ever had that experience where you, you sat down and, and wrote a letter or, or called someone on the phone and they answered and they said, boy, you just don't know how badly I needed to hear from you right now. And the timing of it was perfect. Do you know why? It's because our God is working behind the scenes in ways that we don't even know. There's a word for this. It's called providence. And, and our God moves and he works preparing people. And you and I, we've been given a tool. We have been given a mechanism to respond. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not a question of if the radio is going off. It's going off. The Holy Spirit is speaking. But what's the question? Are we listening? Are we responding? We've been in a series I'm titling Messages from Pastor Dave. And and I sat down with Dave and his wife Marie for a couple of hours uh, the week before he passed. And I turned on the recorder on my phone, and so the quality isn't very good of the recordings. But I asked him, and we just had a long conversation about what are the big important things within ministry that you would want the church to know. And I want to share with you another short clip of that conversation. Uh, here here we're, we're talking about the, um, the way in which he ministered as a chaplain over in the hospital and how his ability to respond uh, to the Holy Spirit's leading uh, enhanced his ministry, not only there, but also here. And so with that, I, I'd like you to listen um, 
it's the middle of the conversation. It might be a little bit hard to understand, but do your best to catch it. This is the conversation with them. Yeah. 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 They always were there, and so a lot of the nurses told me That's really not something I'm very good at, but, but Dave is a people person. And my question was, so what do you do to create those moments? Like, how, how do you as a, as a pastor really get in there to, to find a way to work on people's hearts, you know, and get them to understand? Do you grab them by the scruff of their neck? What do you do? I didn't say that, but that was like my question. Like, what do you do? And did you hear his answer? Nothing. I wasn't expecting that as the answer. I was hoping he was going to give me something. Instead, he says, I don't do anything. I call them holy nudges. I love that when he said it. It's, it's not a holy push. It's not a holy hit you, hit you in the head with a two by four. What is it? It's a holy nudge. Because that's how the Spirit moves in our lives. He moves in that soft, still, quiet voice. The mechanism is there. The, the, the cell phone will ring. The radio will go off. Dave wants you to know, and, and the Word of God wants you to know, and I want you to know that as a church, we need to be listening for those moments, for those people that just get placed on our heart when we're not even thinking of it. Dave calls those holy nudges. He says, you need to go in that room. You need to make that phone call. You need to let them know you love them. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 8 as we look to see how God's word coincides with this message from Pastor Dave. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, if you turn there with me, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And then uh, I've got four quick observations from the text, followed by four applications uh, for what we can do with uh, God's word this morning from Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs 8, verse 1 says, Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gates leading into the city. At the entrances, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. 
In this passage in chapter 8, the writer of the book of Proverbs is picking up on an idea that he really began back in chapter 1 when he introduces the entire book. If you wouldn't mind, just turn there back with me for a moment. Proverbs chapter 1. And I want you to see the repetition of how he's trying to have us recognize that the voice of wisdom is really the voice of God. That when you're listening for wisdom in your life, you're listening and tuning your heart to hear from God. This is Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse 20. It says, similarly as in verse, or chapter 8, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public square. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. And in the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. The first thing that I want you to see within this passage, and you can turn back to chapter 8 now, is we're looking at answering the question, where does wisdom call? All right. Where does she call out? And remember, wisdom here is a personification of God's voice coming to us. So where does God speak to us is really the question. Verse 1, she calls out and understanding calls out. I can only think of, um, did you ever see that Back to the Future movie where uh, Biff says, Think, my fly, think, right? Anybody in there? Hello? Like that's what wisdom is doing. Wisdom is, is trying to say, hey, are you listening? I, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm crying out. You, the, the phone is ringing. Does that ever bother somebody? You know, when the phone just is ringing and ringing. You say, are you going to get it? Anybody going to get it? In, uh, in, in my house growing up, I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this, but that was my mom's job because my dad hated to answer the phone. <laughs> they could leave me a message. I don't know. And my mom would have to... Stop what she was doing and go and answer the phone. And I'm sorry to say I kind of picked up that same trait because I really don't like to answer the phone. But that's what wisdom is saying here. Look, I'm, I'm calling. Uh, it, it should be showing up on your, uh, your, uh, your contact ID. should be showing up on your phone, on your smartphone. On the Holy Spirit of your heart is calling to you. Understanding is crying out. I want you to look at where it happens in verse 2. On the heights along the way. Uh, that's different from the, uh, the way in which earlier in the book of Proverbs, and we haven't covered this, but wisdom will be contrasted with the adulterous woman. But you know where the adulterous woman uh, calls out? It's in the shadows, and it's in the dark places, and it's in the secret places that nobody sees. But wisdom isn't like that. Wisdom, wisdom doesn't cry out to you in secret or, or in hiddenness. What's it say in verse 2? Along the heights, along the crossroads, right, where the, where the paths meet. Uh, that'd, be the, that'd be the main intersection. If you ever were meeting somebody and you stopped at the intersection and they drove right by you and called, hey, I never saw you, you could say, hey, I was in the middle of the intersection. How did you miss me? That's what wisdom is saying here. Where the roads meet, you, can't, you and I, we can't make the excuse to God, well, you know, God, I, I just never heard from you. You, you, you just were too hidden. Uh, wisdom was never obvious for me. Uh-uh, that's not going to work. That excuse isn't going to work. Because wisdom cries out, not in the dark places, but right in the middle of the intersection of the road. You can't miss her. In verse 3, uh, it says, Beside the gates that lead into the city, at the entrances, she cries out. So the idea here is, uh, back, back in the day, if you lived during the time of the writer, you would be doing your business in the city, right? You would take whatever it is that you produce and you would want to go to the city and, and trade your goods and, and conduct business. Uh, but what he's saying here is that even before you begin your work, even before you enter into town, guess what? Right there at the entrance, 
wisdom is calling up. Are you getting the message here? Wisdom is not hidden from God. The mechanism is going off. The pager is going off. She's calling out to you. The real question is, are you and I listening? Are we listening? Uh, next thing I want you to see is who, the, uh, who wisdom is calling to. Who is wisdom reaching out to? What, what is the audience for wisdom? Look in verse 4. It says, to you, O men, I call out. So ladies are off the hook, I guess, right? That's what the Bible says, right? No, but look here at the next line. It says, I raise my voice to all mankind. So uh, this is a good uh, verse to go to. If there's ever somebody that decides uh, they reach judgment day and, and before God, they say, I never knew. No one ever, no one ever told me. The book of Romans says that the power of God and his invisible qualities are clearly seen by what has been created. God is everywhere, church. You can't escape from his call to you. For he calls out to men and to all mankind. And then the writer gets real specific. I want you, I want you to see which of these categories you fall into in the next verse. Verse 5. You who are simple. And then what's the next one? You who are uh, foolish. So, uh, so which are you today? <laughs> I don't know if I like my, my options. All right, uh, But here's what this means. Simple is the idea of um, naive. Simple is the idea of ignorant. Simple is the idea of the person who's just been coming to church and is just, you know what, I just don't really understand uh, my Bible. No, no one's ever taught me. Um, I'm kind of new to this whole Christian thing. If that's, if that's you, you are to gain prudence. Right? You, you're, that's not a valid excuse. God's not going to allow you to say, well, you know, I, I just am not very gifted at, uh, at studying God's word. And that's for somebody else. That's not really for me. If you're naive or if you're new, uh, the word that's used here is simple. But it really means somebody who just, you know, isn't very confident to know the things of God. Well, guess what the challenge to you is? What's it say? The verb is gain what? Prudence. Hey, wisdom's here. Uh, the table's been set. The phone is ringing. Pick up the phone. Answer it. Uh, if you're, if maybe that's you this morning. And I want to encourage you, according to God's word, that you, you need to listen. Or maybe you're this other one, the foolish. And the foolish person is the one who is, in other words used here, are arrogant and even stupid. Uh, that came from the concordance, so I'm allowed to say it in church, right? Uh, but th this is the person who knows what they should do. They know who God is. And yet they still choose to do what they shouldn't. What do you call somebody like that? Foolish. Look, you know what you should do. You know what God wants of you. But you decide to do what you want to do instead. Does anyone have children that act like this sometime? Am I the only one with a child that knows what he should do? His mom could tell you some stories. Go up and get in the bathtub and get ready for bed. And all he's doing is playing with Legos. <laughs> he knows what he should do. The call has gone out. But he's choosing not to obey. Certainly there's none of us children of God here this morning who fall into that category. <laughs> but if we do, I want you to look and see what God's word says. Because this is who wisdom calls to. 
Maybe you're naive and you're simple. Well, guess, the challenge, guess what the challenge to you is? You need to gain prudence. Or maybe you're the one who does know, but you choose to kind of go in your own way and, and see things my own way or listen to how the culture wants to define what's right and what's wrong rather than God's word. Well, guess what? The same challenge is given to you as well. You who are foolish, you need to gain understanding. So we have the call um, to wisdom. It's in, the, it's in the open. It's in the streets. It's in the light. It's at the heights. It's at the beginning of the city, at the, at the gates. And we have the answer to who wisdom is calling out to. It's calling out to all mankind, uh, to the simple and to the foolish. Now I want you to see what wisdom is saying. Like, why is this something that's worth listening to? Verse 6. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. Uh, if you're in the habit of underlining in your Bible, these are some really good words for you to catch. Uh, worthy things. Things that are right from verse 6. Verse 7, uh, my mouth speaks what's true. Lips detest wickedness. Verse 8, the words of my mouth are just. None of them are crooked. To the discerning, all of them are right. And they are faultless to those who have knowledge. This speaks to the quality of wisdom. This is of highest quality, church. We need to learn to listen to God. The Holy Spirit that lives within us, that mechanism to drive us to respond, like Pastor Dave called, as a holy nudge, will be taught to you through His Word. God will use this book, and the Holy Spirit will use the words on the pages of this book which are true, which are just, which are worthy. And he will use these things to train us and to teach us. There's far too many Christians who have sitting on their shelves Bibles that are coated in layers of dust because they remain unopened. If that's for you, I invite you to come on Wednesday and I'm going to teach the church how to study your Bible, a simple method for how you can understand what's in there. But nobody would fail to take the higher value of things. If you were to go car shopping, anyone need a new truck, new car, right? If you were going to go to the lot and the dealer said, well, I got this model from 1986 and uh, it needs a little work, but we got a sale today. You know how salesmen are, right? You know, well, we got 15% down, you know, whatever he might do in the... Uh, to get you, what, what, what's it going to take to get you into a car today, they'd say, right? But then this one over here is of higher quality. Now, there's no problems with it. It's faultless. It's right. It's just. Which one are you going to choose? My wife would ask, which one is the prettier color? That's what she would ask. <laughs> Illustration kind of breaks down there. But you see what I mean? Nobody would choose the thing that had less value. You want to choose the best. You want to choose that which is right. That's what wisdom is, church. The worth and quality of wisdom is such that you ought to desire it above all. Which brings us to the last point, which is why you should listen to wisdom. And it's the worth of wisdom. Look finally now in verses 10 and 11. For the writer gives us this command. You see what it is? What's your first verb there in 10? What's it say? Choose, right? Choose. Make a decision. Answer the phone. Pick up the radio. Listen. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. Not even the regular gold. The choice gold. 
God's wisdom is far greater than anything this world has to offer. It's far greater. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire can compare with her. Can the writer say it any greater way, any clearer than this? What do you think? Anything that you desire, name it. What, what, what could it be that you really, really want? Wisdom's better. Well, what is it that you've been saving your money for and just waiting for and planning and this is just what I can't wait to get? Guess what? Wisdom's better. Where do you find your heart drawn to that I really just want to get away on a vacation to in Paris this time of year and oh, the UP is so low. You know what? Wisdom is greater. Anything that you desire, wisdom is far better. This is the argument given to you. Not only does she cry out to you everywhere, not only, not only does she cry out to everyone, not only are her words of greater value, but more than anything you can desire, wisdom's worth and listening to God says that nothing can compare with her. Nothing can compare. So a couple of things that I want us to do with this. This is the application. Number one, it's pretty simple. It's this. Listen. Right? Listen. I didn't say hear me. I said listen, right? Because there's a difference. Uh, I think the moms and dads know this too, right? What did I say? You said pick up my toys. Well, you, but you didn't listen. You, you heard, but it went, you've heard this one, right? It went in one ear and out the other, right? Uh, anyone guilty? Of, I'm guilty of that. I, I've had those moments. You ever sit down and read your Bible and you read a whole paragraph and then you're like, what, is it? what did I just read? My mind was thinking about X, Y, Z, right? So we need to learn to listen. I want you to see a passage. Turn to 1 Corinthians. Go to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because the two things that we need to listen to are his word and his spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. <clears throat> Helen, you got the page for us? 1773 in the Pew Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, look with me at, in verse 12. We'll just start there. Uh, this is Paul speaking to the church. He says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Do you remember what that is? That's, that's the mechanism. That's the radio. That's the cell phone. That's what you have. Paul says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but we have received the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us in his word. So God gives us his word. And how do we understand it? By the help of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 13. This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Do you know what a spiritual word is? You ready? You're going to want to write this down. It's a holy nudge. That's what it is. A spiritual word is a holy nudge to show you what you need to do, to show you who you can serve, who you can visit, who you can write a card to. So not only do we need to listen to the Spirit, but we need to listen to His, His word as well. I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians. Flip a few pages further in your New Testament to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. There's a passage that we'll, we'll preach on here uh, in the future I want to show you very briefly just one component of what's 
commonly referred to as the armor of God. I think we had a Rosanna one time up front uh, gave a children's message on the armor of God, if you guys remember that. I just want to pick out one of the uh, tools here in the armor of God. Look with me in verse 17 of chapter 6, Ephesians 6, verse 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Think about that for a minute. What's a sword do? Right? It, it, it's used for offense. It, it, it's a weapon. And God wants you to know, church, that you have been given a weapon to battle in this world. To serve Him in this world. The sword of the Spirit, what's the Bible say after this? Which is the Word of God. So what is your weapon? If you have a Bible, hold up your Bible. This, say, say, this is my weapon. Come on, let's try it together. Hold up your Bible. Say, this is my weapon. Very good. You've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the Word, which is your weapon in this world. That's step number one, is listen. Step number two is this. Ask. Ask. We read already uh, in James uh, chapter 1, where he says, if any of you is lacking wisdom, what should you do? Ask God, who gives it freely. And when you ask from him, trust that he'll give it. Don't start to think, well, maybe that's not from God. Or this, this holy nudge really, oh, it's just something. No, listen to him. Otherwise, he says you're double-minded. You need to learn to trust that when you ask God for wisdom, he is going to give it to you. Did you catch the reading from 1 Kings 2? Do you remember Solomon? Did you hear it? Right? Go back and read it sometime. Uh, it was... 1 Kings 3, and in verse 5, God says to Solomon, Hey, Solomon, ask me for anything. Like, a, I mean, that'd be pretty great, right? What if God came to you and just said, Man, You can ask me for anything, and I'll give it to you. And what does Solomon ask for? A discerning heart. And he asks for wisdom. And the response from God is that, Since you didn't ask me for riches, or, or pride, or power, or might... But rather, wisdom, God says, I'm going to make you wiser than anybody who has ever lived. Church, if you don't know what to do, if you're ever questioning, right here, step number two, ask God. Ask for wisdom. And rely on the promise from His Word, because He says He will give it to you freely. Alright, the third thing now, after we listen and then we ask, then we need to learn. We need to learn. Because it's no good if you just heard it, right? And you ask them, but then you never learned. Um, who remembers their trig trigonometry from anybody? Yeah, well, you, you, you had it for a while, but then you lost it, right? Uh, some people in here maybe still have it. But you see, the problem is we haven't kept these things. We need to learn to keep them, to put them into practice. Turn with me to the book of Romans, back in the New Testament. Romans chapter 12. I want you to see how the Apostle Paul, as he'll speak to the church, uh, recounts for them what they're to do now to understand God's will, to really learn what it is. Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That's a cool word, right? Transformed. You guys know um, what happens to a caterpillar? It turns into a what? It turns into a butterfly. It's transformed. 
transformed into something else. That's what this word means. Uh, metamorphosis. It means you don't look the way you used to look. You don't look like the world anymore. Do you remember what we read in 1 Corinthians? We haven't been given the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And so Paul writes now here, you need to be transformed. How? What's it say? By the renewing of your mind. That's learning. That's learning, church. So you need to listen, and then you need to ask, but you also need to learn. You need to learn who God really is. You need to learn how to recognize his voice. Do you remember this from the Gospels? Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Can you recognize a holy nudge if God were to give you one today? And if you can't, it's simply because you haven't been fully transformed in the renewing of your mind. And the resource that you have for this is God's word. God's word is the tool to help you renew your mind, to be transformed so you don't look like the world anymore. And then it says, then, do you guys see that? I'm still in Romans 12. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We need to learn his plan. We need to learn who he is. We need to learn to recognize his voice. And lastly, and I don't think I included number four on your handouts, but you need to write a number four in there because there's a fourth one. And I would not do, do service to Pastor Dave if I did not include this. Here it is. Act. It's not enough to listen and ask. It's not even enough to learn. You know what God wants his church to do? He wants us to respond when he calls. And so that's the command I give to you today, church. Listen to his call. If you don't have wisdom, ask him for wisdom. He will give it to you. As he leads you, and we're going to sing that song in just a minute. As he leads you, learn to follow the pattern of his ways, not the pattern of the world. And then follow in obedience to act. I'll say it as simply even as Pastor Dave said. Do you remember? Go into that room. Make that phone call. Let them know you love them. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Choose instruction. It's better than silver. Choose knowledge. It's better than gold. Go into that room. Make that phone call. Let them know that you love them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together.